and salutations to everybody out there in podcast land. This is the Judo Chop Suey Podcast. And I'm your host, Judo Dave Roman. What's going on, everybody? Glad to be back behind the microphone once again after a long hiatus. Again, I apologize for that. I tell you what, it seems like when it rains, it pours. And lately, over the past couple of months, it's been pouring for me between my son's school activities and work and projects and and trying to get some training in and you know lately for me it's it's been a couple of medical issues one dealing with me and and one dealing with my wife she had to have a minor surgical procedure done last weekend and I just couldn't uh, get an episode recorded and no it was not a boob job you people goodness gracious just kidding no, but she had to have a surgical procedure, and that took up my time that weekend because of the recovery. We had to stay in the hospital overnight, so she's healing just fine, and, and everything is good. You know, no concerns for anything serious down the road um, at this time, so I'm very happy for that. But but still, anytime a loved one goes under the knife, it's it's a very concerning thing, so... I just decided to not do the podcast as that weekend. It was supposed to be not this uh, not this weekend, but the previous weekend. And I just I had planned on having a joint episode with Judo Joe Kaiser, but I just just haven't been able to to meet up, and it, it that just was not possible that weekend. But I'm gonna have him on soon. I'm also gonna have another special guest co-host in the near future. I'm not ready to announce who that is just yet, but I'm very excited for that prospect and I know he's looking forward to it as well so that should be a lot of fun but this is going to be another solo episode hosted by yours truly if you haven't figured that out yet but you know I managed to do all right behind the microphone just by myself and I'm going to continue to do so on this episode where I'm going to be talking about some well, it's no longer breaking news, but some big news with the IJF and rule changes. I'm sure many of you just love that when the IJF decides to change up the rules once again. But this time, I think a lot of it is for the better. I'm going to break that down. I also want to talk about the World Open Championships in Marrakesh, Morocco. And I want to talk about the results there. There's really only two results to speak of since it's, since it's an open weight category. But there are some matches that I want to talk about. Some matches that I found of interest that maybe you guys will find of interest as well. Once again, in Morocco, Israel's judo team had some issues getting into the country. I also want to talk a little bit about that. You guys know how I feel about Israel and how they are slighted in certain countries over in the Middle East. So I'll be getting into all of that later on in the episode. But first, I want to talk about what's been going on in my life apart from the medical issues and things like that. This would be called the housekeeping stuff that I always love doing on this podcast because it gives me a chance to tell you what I've been watching, things I've been doing, People I've heard from. This is where the, you know I'll t- have the listener reactions, some of the responses I've received via email and such. I love all that. I love to cop- uh, cover that and get that out of the way first before I talk about the judo items. But have you guys watched Stranger Things? So let me let me preface this right away. There may be some spoilers here. If you don't want to hear the spoilers, well then. 
turn this off right now or jump maybe five minutes forward. I'll, you know what I'll do? I'll edit this and let you know exactly where to continue on if you don't want to hear any Stranger Things spoilers. By the way, feel free to jump to five minutes and 40 seconds in the podcast to get past the spoilers. I love the show. I thought it was fantastic. I liked season one a little bit better. And for those who don't know, Stranger Things is one of the best shows on Netflix. It just dropped their uh, show, uh, the, the last episode, or I'm sorry. They just dropped the last season on Netflix um, a little bit before Halloween. And it was an awesome show. But I got to just get this off of my chest because it frustrated me to no end. Listen. This whole thing, what happened in episode in season two, would have never happened if Will didn't listen to Bob. So Bob, you screwed everything up here. Shame on you for for ruining Will's life and and giving really bad advice. Listen, Will, if you're listening to me, just run, run until you can't run any longer, and then when that happens, you keep running. That's what you do the next time the whatever upside down world or whatever thing is happening to you. You just keep running. You don't stand your ground. Don't ever do that again. Oh, that frustrated me. But other than that, I really love the show. And I highly recommend if you listen to the spoilers, hopefully you didn't. But if you did, I highly recommend that you you uh, watch the show. All right. What else? Oh, I have made, rededicated my life to becoming more physically fit and and more healthy. And I'm really excited about that because this is probably about, been doing this for about three weeks now. Ever since that that, uh, awesome training session at Ybor City Jiu-Jitsu where all the different clubs came and stuff, it really exposed my fitness level and my endurance and such. So I've decided I joined the gym and I have, uh, I've been lifting weights for the past three weeks. I think that's going really well. I've been doing a routine that's really for novices. Even though I've lifted weights before and I used to be kind of sort of strong, I decided to go um, with a novice program. It's called uh, either Strong Lifts or Starting Strength. One of those things. I'm sure some of you have heard of it. I know it's not an ideal program for experienced lifters, but for a uh, a 42, almost 43-year-old guy like myself uh, wanting to get stronger and, and, and maybe cut some fat from his body. I think it works out really well. And I've been going from a nutrition standpoint over the past three weeks. I've been going paleo. Now, all right, not really truly paleo in the sense that I'm killing my own chickens and, and cooking them over a fire or something like that. But paleo enough that I've cut out all dairy and, and all uh, processed carbs. So, and that's been going really well. I'm starting to see the change in my body. I have a lot more energy during the day. And of course I, I crash at night, like probably about nine 30, I'm already falling asleep. But, but, um, I did the paleo ish diet maybe three years ago. And I, I went from 185 pounds to 160 pounds in about 10 weeks. And my uh, goals this time around right now, I've, I've probably lost about three or four pounds since the last time I did this, uh, uh, this podcast. So I'm, I'm down to about 153 pounds, which is, 
you know, I'm not trying to shrivel down to nothing, but I've got a cruise coming up in December. I just got my tattoo finished on my stomach. If you haven't seen it, I highly recommend you check it out uh, on Instagram, which my Instagram handle is at Levita Judoka. So I've got this awesome steampunk owl on my on my torso. It's uh, that tattoo took 11 hours total, which surprised me, but it did. And I'm very happy with it. I'm very pleased. I'm showing it off on my Instagram, but I want to compete next year. I want to be healthier. I want to be stronger and I want to look good for my cruise. So I've been going all paleo and, you know, very little carbs other than what I get from from vegetables or, or maybe a potato or something like that. And I, I listen, if you're doing paleo or if you're some paleo nut, don't don't come to me with emails saying, oh, you're not paleo because you're eating potatoes or whatever. I don't want to hear it. Please don't don't even bother. I love the emails. But if you're going to be one of these these uh, these strict adherence nuts, that's going to get on my case for how I'm eating, you know, save it anyway. So the. The, I hate to call it a diet. My change in eating has gone really well. I haven't had a sip of alcohol in about three weeks. And I feel really good. I feel great, actually. And I attribute it all to the nutrition and, and working out in the gym. So hopefully, uh, I haven't been to judo in about uh, two weeks because I've just been so busy uh, with my life and everything. So I'm planning on going tonight. Um, and I want to see how, how that goes, how I move and how I feel. I, I feel, I feel very strong. Not that I've gained a lot of strength in two weeks, but I feel like I'm not going to break down if I do some kind of a throw or, or something like that, which quite frankly was the case before. So yeah, I've been very excited about my change in lifestyle and I, I'm just, uh, pumped up about it. I feel great. It's, it's good to feel this way, uh, as I'm getting older. So if you guys uh, have any words of encouragement or advice, feel free to uh, send me an email at show at gmail.com. You could always reach out to me again on Twitter, which is at Lavita Judoka. Or you could search on the Facebook page, which is Judo Chop Suey Podcast or Show or one of those. If you search for Judo Chop Suey on Facebook, you'll be sure to find me. All right. It's time for one of my favorite segments of the Judo Chop Suey Podcast. What time is it? Listener reaction. All right, so I got some pretty interesting emails over the past uh, few weeks. Not a whole lot of email, but I'm really surprised at the range this podcast has. I, I guess when I started this podcast, I, I assumed that maybe I'd get uh, 10, 15 listeners tops, but and, and they'd all be within Florida or whatever, but... I'm just uh, stunned at the outreach and how many, quite frankly, I'm stunned at how many people in, in other countries where English isn't a primary language that they speak English. I, I just call me ignorant, call me a stupid, ignorant American, and and that's okay. I won't take offense, but I got this interesting email from somebody way over in, in Hungary I actually got it as a Facebook message. I'll leave the, the name anonymous, but I'll, I'll just read some of the points that I want to get across. Hi, just wanted to tell you I've become a huge fan of your podcast during the last few months. I really enjoy the episodes, especially because it's so unique, a judo-focused material among the thousands, thousands of BJJ podcasts. Oh, come on. They're not all Actually, most of them are better than mine. Anyway, in my opinion, the BJJ... 
it's just an overhyped trend. Not my words, folks. Trust me, not my words. But anyway, I recommend your podcast to all of my judo club mates here in Budapest. See, that's amazing to me because when I read that sentence, I, I, I just like practically dropped my phone. I just couldn't believe somebody way over in Budapest, Hungary, would listen to my, my hideous podcast. Anyway, uh, this goes one of my personal favorites with the interview with Ski, Steve Scott. It was really interesting for me, especially here in Central Europa. The whole IAFJA is an unknown and mysterious attempt like a judo-based David versus Goliath when they try to establish a brand new rule system against the IGF. And again, I'm going to talk about the IGF rules a little bit later in this episode. Furthermore, I have to tell you that I really like when you talk about general interests and personal life experiences and other stuff because these kind of things make the podcast so much more personal. So keep up the good work. Have a nice day. Thank you. Thank you very much. I anonymous emailer. Really, it's a Facebook messenger, but I appreciate your kind words and your encouragement. And, you know, I love trying to make this podcast a little personal because because I I, I want to try and develop through this medium a relationship with all of my listeners in some way, shape or form and tell you what's going on with me and you guys, a lot of you reciprocate by uh, sending me messages. And I love that stuff. I love hearing from you. I love interacting. So feel free, again, if you want to shoot me a message, you can do it through Facebook Messenger on, on my Judo Chop Suey podcast page. You could shoot me an email at show at gmail.com. And as I say over and over again, the absolute worst way to get a hold of me is through Instagram. But that doesn't deter you people at all. And and that's quite all right. It's just with Instagram, they always go into some kind of filter or queue. And I don't get to see them until I open up my inbox and then see, you know, I have to accept certain messages and stuff. And I always do. And on Instagram, if you follow me and your page has anything to do with judo, if I see you know, if, if you have pictures of your cats, but your cat happened to have a, a, a judo uniform on, I'm going to follow you, especially if you follow me. So feel free to follow me. My Instagram page is awesome. I swear you, you got to check out the latest stuff that I put up there. I try and keep it active. It's a lot of fun for me, and it's a lot of fun for me to interact with all of you. I also received another message. I actually received this on my YouTube page, which you can find me at Judo Chop Suey at, on, on a, a YouTube page there. The message goes, discovered your podcast. Love it. Understand that I have 35 previous episodes left. Fuck. Love it more. And this person is from France. So listen, um, I'm not going to say your name, but I appreciate the message. I must say... Listen, do yourself a favor. If anybody's listening to this podcast for the first time, shoot me an email and and let me know. <laughs> Don't listen to the previous 35, 36 episodes. Some of them are just trash. Some of them are just really old news. Do yourself a favor. Reach out to me first. If you wanna if you wanna catch up on the on the podcast and see what I'm about, I'll give you a list of episodes to to listen to. It'll probably start at around episode 34 and then move on forward. No, I'm kidding. I, I had some good ones in the early going, but uh not many good ones. I hopefully some of you th have uh noticed. I think I've managed to find my stride a little bit in this podcast. But um, some of my earlier episodes, I listen to them back every every once in a while. I, I can't stand that. I shut it off and start listening to, I don't know, anything else. 
I'd rather listen to like ABBA or something than my own podcast. Actually, I love ABBA. What am I talking about? No, I'd rather listen to some band like Justin Bieber before I listen to some of my older episodes of my podcast. So that's how bad some of those episodes are, in my opinion. But if hey, feel free to read or listen to 35 previous episodes. I'm not going to stop you. It helps my download numbers. Not that those download numbers really help me for anything. But anyway, thank you very much for listening all the way from France. I, I mean, that that's just incredible to me. I Again, the outreach on this podcast just alarms me and, and stuns me sometimes. And then when I see some of the stats on, uh, on Podbean, on my American audience, it surprises me sometimes. As it stands right now, the only state in the United States that I do not have a single download is North Dakota. So I'm assuming that they have no internet access there or no judo, which wouldn't surprise me one bit. I hear North Dakota is very cold but very beautiful, and it's a state that I will never, ever visit. So screw you guys. (laughs) Just kidding. Just kidding. I love North Dakotans. Actually, I've never met one. I don't know how I can say that. All right, I got some breaking news here. Well, I I don't know if it's really breaking. It's old breaking news, but you're still going to get the Fox breaking news alert anyway. How do you like that? Um, The International Judo Federation, in all its wisdom and glory, has decided to change the rules once again heading into the 2020 Olympic cycle. Now look, I don't think these rule changes are all that bad. As a matter of fact, some of these rule changes are things that I've been hammering Marius Visor on. Well, not really hammering, but I've been bringing it up to Marius Visor in his Twitter Q&As and to the IJF really since the beginning of the year. I've, I've certainly mentioned it quite a bit on this on this uh, hideous podcast. Wazari Awaseti Ipon is back. And let me tell you, it's something that I've been asking for for a very long time. I remember way back when in, in a Twitter Q&A back in July, I pressed Marius Pfizer when he had mentioned in his in his Twitter Q&A whether or not uh, somebody had asked him if there's going or actually I asked him if there was going to be rule changes. At least I think it was me if there was going to be rule changes um, after the world championships. And he did say that they were. And I followed up with him asking, is Wazari Awaseti Ipon going to be in consideration of changing? And in his Twitter response, he said, bingo. Now, if you have any interest in, in listening to my episode where I covered that Twitter Q&A extensively, you can go listen to episode 30. And that was way back in July, I think. But yeah, episode 30 is where I covered his Q&A on Twitter and where I asked that question and broke that down and, and, and talked a little bit about Wazari Awaseti Ipon. But it's back, and I think it's, you know, I got to hand it to the folks at on on the Judo subreddit. It, that's, uh, you know, reddit.com forward slash, you know, judo. There's a lot of sleuths out there. Uh, well, maybe sleuths is not the right word, but there's a lot of bright minds on that judo subreddit that I would almost say, uh, Mr. Mark Pickering of the IJF. And Mark, I know you listen to this episode or podcast from time to time, and I know you're active on Twitter. Maybe in the future, if the IJF is going to make rule changes, you should reach out to some of the people on the judo subreddit and get their feedback because they brought up some interesting points. Some I agree with and and others I disagree with. For starters, 
the big outrage with this rule change has to do with the way Wazari is being called now. And currently, Wazari is currently anything that used to be Yuko and, and less than Ippon is now Wazari. So I understand the outrage here because the, the common argument is that, well, now two Yuko is is equals an Ippon now. So that's going to end the match. Where previously the Wazari was accumulating, which I never liked. And the reason why I didn't like it was because, well, with the exception of what happened in The Hague at the uh, the Hague Grand Prix this weekend, you never, ever saw somebody come down from three Wazari down to win a match. It, it just... So, it, but it just happened this weekend as I'm recording this. It, uh, it's it's Sunday as I'm recording this. Just so you know, sometimes I record throughout the week, this and that. But as of right now, there was one single match where um, uh, Monk Dahl of Mongolia came up with a Tayatoshi for Ippon um, against Gabor of Hungary. And it was 32 seconds left to go. It was a beautiful throw. But and and he he was down three Wazari with thirty two seconds left. Now you can't take the one single instance where this happened and make a and you know keep the rule. I I, I just look most Wazari that have been called this year have would have been Wazari in other previous rule sets. In my opinion, there's there's been some cheap throws where. One, it would have been called a Yuko years ago. For for the most part, from what I've seen, because the standard for Ippon is so much higher, sure, throws that used to be called Yuko are now Wazari. But throws that used to be called Ippon are now Wazari. And and I, I, I don't know. I, I think that's okay. For example, I hated, for years and years and years, I hated the rolling Ippon. I really believe that should have been a, a, either a Wazari or, or a Yuko for, for years. I hated the rolling Ippon. And with the rule changes earlier this year, there was no more rolling Ippon. Rolling Ippon is now a Wazari. So any any technique where you drop, they land on their side, and there's a continuation. I hated continuation. Um, that's going to be called Wazari. It's been called Wazari all year. And so my point to, or or my counter argument, and and my counter argument is that the wazari that are being called throughout the year would have more often than not, and I'm talking about in my observation, I don't have the these statistics, more often than not, would have been called wazari in years prior. And that's just my opinion. If you have if you have a disagreement with that opinion, feel free to shoot me an email and let me know. So one side of the argument is that oh, two two Yuko now equal any pawn. But again, I don't really see bad throws. And my other point, <laughs> my other argument is well, not well, one of my other arguments is look if you don't like it, don't get thrown. I should I'm not going to say it's as simple as that. But when it comes down to it, don't get thrown because 
you're you're going to get called. You're going to get scored on if you get if you are taken off your feet. No matter how you land, you're likely going to get scored on. So don't don't fall. Don't get thrown. I mean, it's it's that simple. Work work on other. It's not it's not that simple. I get it, but you know what I mean. Now the issue that I had with the rule set pr- prior to making the Wazari I was set to Ipon coming back prior to that change was that you had a lot of matches that were where somebody was up three to nothing or three to one and there's a minute left in the contest with the exception of what happened today in the Hague nobody ever came back from that deficit because you can effectively stall in judo and you you know you might get called the shido you might not get called the shido but let's say you're deliberately stalling and you get a shido well that's about 20 to 30 seconds worth of action. If there's a minute remaining and and the person who's up three to nothing has, has got no Shido on the board, well, they can just kill time and, and get two Shido and it's not going to be a big deal because they're running out of time. And, and quite frankly, Gabor of Hungary, it, I don't know what their strategy was, but you can't you can't allow yourself to get thrown in that situation for for Ripon, no less. And I don't, I just think that was just bad planning on their part. I'm, I'm, I'm sorry. I mean, uh, again, I'm just commenting as a spectator, not as somebody who competes at that level because I, I, I never came close, nor would I ever. But you, you got, you got to strategize better than that. You can't, you can't go out there and, and, and allow yourself to get thrown like that. You, you just, you, you got to stall. I, I, I mean, I don't know. So. So I am I like Wazari Awaseti Ipon coming back. I think it's great. However, there was another rule change that coincides with Wazari Awaseti Ipon that I don't like. Now, for me, bringing back Wazari Awaseti Ipon should make the contest last a lot less. So if somebody gets two Wazari, they're going to win. And it's a matter of so you don't have to you don't have to fight you know, if somebody's up three Wazari, four Wazari, you don't have to keep fighting till till time is over. You, the, the match is decided a, a lot quicker, and I think that's a good thing. However, in Golden Score, now the if if you have a Shido going into Golden Score, if you get another Shido, you are not going to lose that match. The fighting will continue until you get a third Shido, which will be a Hansokumaki. So per the IGF, a golden score can only be won by a technical score, which is Wazari, uh, Ipon, or Hansokumaki direct or or by a, a cumulative Shido. So I don't know about this rule change for golden score. I really think the IJF should have left golden score alone because I thought they had it right. Because if you're going to allow Wazari Awaseti Ipon as a means to... Uh, make the matches end quicker, let's just say. Well, these golden score rules, I don't think is doing the IJF any favors in having quicker matches. Because previously, if you got a Shido, if, if let's say you were tied in Shido or or you go into golden score um, up by you know, your opponent has a Shido, and if they get a second Shido, well, then the match is over in golden score. But now it's you have to get a technical score or you get the Hansoku Maki through a Kimuto Lifshido or if you do something stupid like punch somebody in the face. 
so we'll see how these changes for Golden Score and Wazari Awaseti Ipon are going to go. But this is it. Uh, of, starting in 2018 in January, this is it moving forward for the next two years leading up to the Tokyo Olympics in 2020. So this is what we have to look forward to over the next few years. Now, something else that the IJF changed is that grabbing the leg is no longer going to be penalized any more harshly than any other Shido. So you could essentially, in a judo contest, if you've got no Shido and you're fighting somebody, you could grab the leg three times and you're not going to get, uh, well, you'll, you'll get Hansukumaki on the third Shido. But previously, you would get a single Shido. You had a special des designation for a leg grab Shido, but that's not the case anymore. So you you can grab, basically you can grab the leg. If you've got no Shido, you can grab the leg twice and you'll only have two Shido. The match will not end in Hansokumaki for you. I think that's a good thing. I think all of the players understand that there's no tactical, there's no advantage to executing techniques by grabbing the legs because they're just going to call a Shido on you. You can't do it. Now, there is a uh, maybe a tactical advantage in slowing somebody down, giving up your Shido. Uh, let's, so let's say you've got no Shido or you've got only one Shido. You're winning a contest and somebody with a great Uchimata is about to come flying in to throw you on your back. Well, you can go ahead and grab that leg, get that second Shido, and then uh, you know live to continue to fight throughout the rest of the match until time expires. Um... I did see an instance where that happened once, but we shall see how the coaches and players will react to these rule changes for the leg grabs. I don't anticipate seeing a bunch of leg grabs um, used to stall matches, but you never know. Uh, you know, anything that it takes to win, the players and the coaches are going to devise ways to do that. The IJF also made some uh, changes in regards to defending with the head. And I, I think this is long overdue. I, I mean, I know that if you, you can't, you, you previously, you could not use your head, but I think they're going to uh, call these penalties with a lot more harshness. They're going to give you a Hansukumaki if you use the head to get out of a throw or to defend against a a, a potentially pawn and only get a wasari by using your head. You can't use the head anymore, and it's been long overdue because I'm sick and tired of seeing people do this, get themselves in positions where they can potentially get concussed, and that's not good for the sport. And certainly, any risk of seeing somebody's neck get broken out there, you you, you just can't have that. If the IJF has has plenty of uh, viewers out there and they're trying to grow their fan base and they're trying to get sponsors and stuff. You can't have people with broken necks, concussions, and things like that. People are going to frown on that and that's going to hurt the bottom line. So the IJF has has taken a... Uh, uh, it seems like according to their rule set, they're going to be taking a much harsher stance on this. Uh, they say that voluntary use of the head for defense to avoid landing in or escaping from a score will be given Hansukumaki. I applaud the IJF for this change. It's it's um, it's certainly uh, much needed because I I don't like seeing that at all. Just just take uh, I'm I'm not saying just take the fall, but look, you, your day should be done if you use your head to defend against a throw. Period. End of discussion. I I yeah. I mean, if you disagree, feel free to shoot me an email, but. But I, you'll never change my mind on that. 
The IJF also clarified some of its gripping rules, and, and I'm going to link the PDF document that the, the, the IJF put out that updates some of their rules and, and just clarifies the existing rules that they have currently. Oh, I, I, there's a huge rule change that I forgot to talk about here um, as I was just scanning the document. Koji Makikomi is essentially back. So, look, it's hard for me to describe on this microphone how exactly you can do Koichi Makikomi and how you can grab the leg where it's not considered a Shido. Um, so, you can't use your hand per se. Let's say, if you can imagine Koichi Makikomi back in the day when you could do Koichi Makikomi um, prior to 2010, we used to... You couldn't grab below. The, so basically what I'm trying to say is for for the past few years, you could not grab the trousers below the belt, period, end of story with, with any part of your hand or, or, or anything like that. Now you can trap the leg with like your your elbow and, and, and bicep if you're doing Koichi Makikomi. And you could also trap the leg with your arm if you're doing like Ochigari. Um, and you can, you can trap, so let's say you're doing Ochigari and, and you're reaping the person's left leg. Well, with your right arm gripping their left arm, you can trap their, the, the right leg if you want to try and immobilize it a little bit. So I think that's a great change. That's a huge change. And I think, um, I, I think that's going to make for, a, I, I love the fact that they made this rule change. Unfortunately, you can't really do much when it comes to kata garumo, so that seems to be a, a technique that's that's kind of lost, and that's a sad thing. And look, I understand the arguments for all the leg grabs, and I'm telling you guys again, this is not going to be a precursor to leg grabs coming back. The the IJF just really likes the rules how they are, and quite frankly, from a spectator standpoint, I I think it produces a lot more interesting judo to watch. On TV, and I know that that irks a lot of you, and I understand that point of view. I think judo clubs need to make a more dedicated effort to teach all of judo. That includes the leg grab uh, techniques where you can grab the leg and such. It's that's the responsibility of the sensei. But when it comes to high level IJF competitions, leg grabs aren't coming back. I, I just don't see that happening. And whether that's a good thing or a bad thing, I, I'm okay with it. It. You know, I've said it before, the leg grab ban didn't really impact my judo very much at all. But uh, I know for a lot of you, it, it really bothers you. But, you know, I don't make the rules. I just talk about them. The only thing the IJF did not do when it came to the rule changes was address the edge play issue. I, I can't stand watching edge play, especially when it's deliberate. Now, it's just, I get it. You, you can use... You know, in so many sports where there's a field of play, you can use the out of bounds area as a means to help you defend or attack. In other, in football, you can you can or or in basketball, you can use the out of bounds area as like a third, as a as an extra defender. And I I understand the principle, but I I guess I would have liked to have seen the IJF do something when it comes to edge play because I I, I don't like watching two fighters constantly um, you know as they grip up they're moving 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 toward the edge and then trying to uh you know take advantage of that situation maybe 
you know, maybe if they rush to the edge three times in, in a contest, three or four times in a contest, you give Michishito. That's not going to happen. I don't imagine the the IJF ever making that rule change. But I think it would have been nice to see edge play addressed in a in a way where it keeps the action more towards the center of the mat area. So the Judo World Open Championships happened about a week ago in Marrakesh, Morocco. And before I get to the results of this contest, which is I don't think it's uh, too much of a secret by now, but I, I still want to cover some of the matches that I watched and, and some of the action, including uh, Renair versus uh, Tushi's Vili Part 2, which was incredible. So Israel, once again, had to deal with more bullshit trying to get into the country. So I, I, what I'm going to read, I'm going to read part of this article from the Times of Israel. The article goes, Israeli judoka Ori Sasson was booted from the Open Weight World Championships in Marrakesh, Morocco on Saturday after losing to Frenchman Cyril Marais. Okay, well, there's one result. But Sasson, a 2016 Olympic bronze medalist, was at least allowed to wear the Israeli insignia in contrast to the ban imposed on Israeli national symbols at the tournament last month in Abu Dhabi. Morocco had threatened not to grant visas to Israel to the Israeli team days in the days leading up to the tournament. At one point last week, team members arrived at Ben Gurun Airport only to be forced to head back home after receiving word they would not be allowed to enter the into the predominantly Muslim nation. Eventually, the matter was resolved after the International Judo Federation president, Marius Weiser, personally intervened and the Israeli athletes finally arrived in Marrakesh via Munich on Thursday. The article goes on to talk about how in last month in October at the Abu Dhabi Grand, uh, Grand Slam, Tal Flicker ended up taking gold. Well, which, by the way, I, I was rooting for, openly rooting for him. I predicted he would win that division, and sure enough, he did. So congratulations to Tal Flicker and Israel for shoving it in the faces of ignorant uh, officials over in Abu Dhabi. And from what I understand, the, the um, judoka representing the United Arab Emirates refused to shake hands with the Israeli fighters. And, and that's just such a shame. So kudos to... President Visor for personally intervening in this matter at in, in Marrakesh because it's time for the IJF to put the screws on the countries who are treating Israelis or any or or, or any uh, athletes that come from uh, nations where there are diplomatic issues. I just I don't think any of these countries who pull this kind of stuff should ever receive another. Uh, tournament from the IJF ever again. I, I don't know what it's going to take for these countries to realize you can't ostracize a nation just because they're from Israel or just because of of their birth or or, or whatever their their background. You, you, if you can't, it, it's just wrong. And I talk look, I talked about this extensively in my last episode. It's wrong for this to happen, and. The IJF needs to continue to put pressure on these countries to stop this nonsense because it's it's not right. So continuing on with the article, it goes on to quote uh, uh, President Visor, and he said he stated the, the, the following: Sometimes with courage, respect, and politeness, you can res you can solve tensions and conflicts which has not been solved in many decades. 
Two years ago, we achieved the first participation of the Israeli team in Abu Dhabi. Now it's the second time, but with a much better approach, I hope in the near future that we can achieve the best condition of participation for the Israeli teams. Such delicate issues between countries, governments, and nations cannot be solved overnight and cannot be solved through sport immediately. I hope we can soon break down more barriers for tolerance between countries and nations to express the real value of sport, friendship, unity, and solidarity. And, and again, kudos to to Marius Weiser for working diligently on these issues. Because, look, and I, you know, I, it's easy for me to sit here behind a microphone and be critical uh, of what should be done. And I still believe that that if this continues, that these countries should not be given any more uh, IJF World Tour events. But kudos to Marius Weiser for trying to be the middle person here and resolving conflicts that have just are not easy to resolve and he's right through sport it's not it's not easy to just hammer down rules here or or the easy the easy approach is just to hammer down rules and really do what i'm saying which is a which is probably the wrong way to handle it but again they are trying and and i think you know through marius Pfizer's efforts there could be more positive change than just banning a tournament. Even though I feel strongly about that, he's probably taking the right approach on this. And I give him all the credit in the world for that. So on to the actual results of the judo world open championships in Morocco, Marrakesh, Morocco, Teddy Renner wins and Sarah Asahina wins. See, that's really easy for me because it's an open weight cat. It's an open weight tournament, so there's not weight divisions. That's that's so easy for me to report on. But no, no, I'll get into a little bit more detail. I mentioned it earlier. One of the matches that you have to see is Tushishvili uh, uh, versus Teddy Renner, and that happened in the second round of this event. And listen. Renair was awesome, and I thought Tushishvili in the World Championships might have had a, uh, a, an opportunity to dethrone him, and he was the first guy I have ever seen to really take Renair off his feet in, in many years, but he managed to do that in the World Championships. But the results in this contest were completely different, and Renair completely and thoroughly dominated Tushishvili, and, and it wasn't even close, in my opinion. He had a beautiful uh, Harai Goshi on Tushishvili that they initially called the Nippon, but they they lowered it to uh, Wazari. And again, th what, this match is one of those examples where Renair took Tushishvili right off his feet and Tushishvili landed on his side. In years prior, that would have immediately been called the Nippon, but nowadays, that was a Wazari, even though it was initially called Ippon, they changed it to Wazari. And years ago, that would have been an Ippon. So that's kind of going back to my point that the, even though what used to be Yuko is now going to be, you know, you could win with quote-unquote two Yukos, but man, the standard for Ippon is just so much higher. And this is one of, this throw was one of those examples where it was just a, just a beautiful throw. My goodness, it was just powerful. You've got to see this match. So at about 59 seconds into the contest, uh, Renair threw Tushishvili with Harai Goshi. And then three minutes and 14 seconds into the contest, he won with a, uh, or he got a second Wazari with an Uchimata, which was 
it, that wasn't pretty. But this is one of those examples. Again, he does the, the Uchimata. It, it initially would have been a Yuko, it, even under the old rules. But with the continuation, they gave it a Wazari. Where, you know, years ago, that would have been a Nippon uh, for, for Renair. So he, he gets the two Wazari. He wins his contest uh, two Wazari to nothing. And, and Tushi really just didn't have any answers for Renair today or on this day. The World Open Championships also marked the return of uh, Iliadis from Greece. And he had a contest against Roy Meyer of the Netherlands. And he lost his contest. It was, it was his only fight of the day, I believe. And he lost his contest one Wazari to nothing. Boy, Meyer had a huge Osotogari on Iliadis. And again, see, this is one of those situations where they, they called this thrower Wazari, but man, the, the, the thud onto the mat um, after Iliadis got thrown was just almost ear-deafening into my headsets. And, and um, Meyer managed to hold on to this win and, or hold on to that lead for the win. And, you know, Iliadis, who retired from, from competition last year, uh, makes a return to take his try his hand in the Open Championships. I would have loved to have seen him continue on and, and eventually meet up with uh, uh, with Renair in, in a contest. I, I remember watching a, a video of Renair and Iliadis do Rondori at the Kodakon a few years ago. That would have been nice to see, but it just wasn't meant to be today. And if I didn't cover it, uh, Teddy Renair defeated Toma Nikiforov of Belarus. He had a beautiful... Uh, sacrifice technique. I believe it was uh, like a sumigayashi or ukiwaza uh, type technique, um, which scored a wazari on on Nikiforov. And then later on in the contest, he managed to get his other wazari in um, against Nikiforov with with uh, kind of an Osoto Gari counter. And okay, so this is one of those situations. Big throw got him off his feet. I don't think this should have been called the Wazari in this instance. And again, this is this is where the people who argue against Wazari Awaseti Ipon under the current scoring, this is where they would be right because I don't really think that he got him mostly on his on his backside, and it, it just you know I'd have to watch the video again. But this is an instance where they are right, and if they if this happens, then they're their day is going to be over with because that would have been two Wazari. That's Wazari. I would say the Ipon. But again, Renair was just completely dominant. And I'm not going to go over every match that Renair fought, but but the but these matches that his his day, I've never seen. I thought that the new rule sets, given that he didn't compete at all until the uh, World Championships. I thought these rule sets would have slowed him down and given his competitors an advantage, but boy, I was completely wrong. I mean, Renair looks better than I. He is doing better judo than I have ever really seen him do. Uh, I I I think these rule sets work to his favor, and I, I used to think that it wouldn't because there was a lot of big matches over the years that he would win by shido, and I thought. With the new gripping rules and things like that, with the with the you have to be more active. Uh, Teddy Renair used to used to just grind you down and grind you down with the gripping and the gripping and the gripping. It was really boring matches, but these new rule sets really um, 
allow Renair to showcase his strengths. And it look, it's awesome to watch. And, I, I, you know, if I've ever been, you know, critical of Renair's judo, boy, I was wrong. I was very, very wrong. So I know Renair, Teddy Renair, I know you don't listen to this podcast. I'm sure you don't. But uh, my apologies to you and my hats off to you, sir. You are an amazing judoka and an amazing athlete. And I really think the judo world is is very fortunate to be um, be able to watch you. Now, on the women's side, Sarah Asahina was your gold medal winner, defeating Larissa Serik of Bosnia and uh, Herzegovina. And Sarah Asahina managed to win this contest with with uh, two Hizagurumas for each for a Wazari, and then she followed up her second Hizagurumas with a, a, a Kazuri. Kamishio Gatami. And I'm really not surprised that she took gold here. She's had a phenomenal year. Her only uh, finish that was not in first place was at the World Senior Championships back in August. And she managed to get a silver in that contest. But she is a force to be reckoned with. And her judo is fantastic. And and just um, in, in that division, I, I just don't see her being being knocked off anytime soon. I know there's going to be a Grand Slam coming up in Tokyo in December, and I fully expect her to get first place in her division as well. That That's going to be an exciting tournament. I, I've said it before, and I feel bad saying it, but after the World Championships, I, I need to take a, I've needed to take a break from watching judo. Uh, but the Tokyo Grand Slam is, is a contest that I'm not going to miss. Now, I'm not saying that I didn't watch any of the matches from the other uh, contests after the world championships, but I'm really more talking about sitting down on a Saturday, uh, taking up some time out of my day to sit there and watch judo that I have not been able to do since the world championships, but for, I will definitely make time for the, Oh, wait a minute. No, I can't make time. God, no, well, it's not a bad thing. It's just, I know on that weekend, I'm going to be going to Epcot center in Orlando. That's part of the Walt Disney world. Um, experience here in Florida. It's a good thing about being in Florida. If I want to go to Disney World, I can just drive an hour and I'm there where just about for most of you, you have to plan a whole big vacation in order to come here. For me, I'm on vacation every weekend just about and it's just going to be one of those weekends I will not be able to watch it because I'll be at Disney. So not trying to brag or anything. It's just I'm spending some time with my family. I haven't actually been to Disney in quite a while. It's it's um. The last time I was at Epcot, I was doing scuba diving in their shark tank, which was a lot of fun. So, but I will catch up on the Tokyo Grand Slam when it happens, when I come home. I, I definitely want to see those matches. I especially am looking forward to seeing Hifumi Abe and certainly Sarah Asahina. This is going to be a well-attended event. I know the United States is sending their team. I know for sure that Israel is going to be able to wear their back patches and, and not have IJF. That's a nice thing, isn't it? And I'm sure uh, Japan is going to clean house in this tournament and maybe some France and Brazil. That's typically how it goes. Some Russians will win as well. See, I'm just already predicting this stuff, and you know we haven't even gotten to the Grand Slam just yet. All right, so I'm going to wrap things up here, but I want to let you guys know that in just a couple of weeks, it's going to mark the one-year anniversary of me doing this hideous podcast, and I'm really looking forward to that show. I'm not going to do anything 
really crazy or off the wall, but I think I want to talk about my perspective, uh, maybe a retrospective of how I think my first year went. Um, and I want to, you know, just kind of talk about where I envision the podcast going uh, over the next year. And um, I don't envision it going anywhere, <laughs> but but I definitely would like to, you know, just kind of reflect on the past year and, and talk about the highs, talk about the lows. I'll definitely talk about all things judo as I always do on my podcast, but I'm going to take a moment. And that, that day is going to, this day is coming up. November 29th is, is the, one year ago on November 29th is the day that I had uh, released my very first uh, episode of this podcast. And I managed to, by, by the time that gets out there, it'll be, I think, episode 38 or 39. I'm not sure what number it'll be. I remember at the beginning, I had envisioned doing a podcast once a week, but uh, life and vacations got in the way and, and medical issues and things like that. So it got pretty hard for me to keep a, a once a week schedule. And then, you know, I've talked about this many times ever since I moved into this new home that I'm at. I, I used to be able to crank those episodes uh, weekly, but I'm sure you guys have noticed since episode 30, I mean, they maybe come out uh, once every two weeks and sometimes, especially in this instance, once every three weeks. And when I got hit by the hurricanes, I couldn't do one in about three weeks either. So there's been, they've been really spaced out. It's not ideal. It's not what I really wanted to do. But man, my life just just took a turn ever since I, I moved into this new home. I lost my my recording studio that I had in the other house. And, and then just my sons being in high school and everything. So, But I'm going to get into more of that on that episode. It, the next episode will be a you know, happy anniversary type episode and, you know, we'll you have some cake. Actually, I won't have any cake because I'm still on my diet, but I, at least I'll have some pretend. Maybe I'll have a, a, a some kale or something, like that. <laughs> a couple of carrots and, and maybe a steak. That that's that's probably that that'll be my way of celebrating one year and, and some lemon water. That'll be awesome. <laughs> I still need to get Judo Joe on the podcast. I still need to get... um. I've had a couple of teaser interviews that I've wanted to do, and I just haven't been able to do them. Talk about uh, Josh Rafferty, former UFC fighter. I want to get him on the podcast. I just don't envision that happening uh, until next year. I, I know I teased these interviews, and then I, I didn't deliver, and I apologize for that. But just, man, it's just ever since August, uh, July, August hit, it's just been a whirlwind around here. Um and I'm also looking to get the the uh, guest co-host sometime in December. That one I am definitely planning. But but the next episode, it's just going to be all me again because I I want to make it special and and have a lot of fun in only the way the only way that I can do. And besides that, I, I in order for me to co-host a podcast with Joe, I, I I need my own recording studio, and doing it at the home is just not feasible because. Well, we make too much noise, the dog barks, and then I get upset, and then I yell at the dog, and and then it just kind of falls apart from there. I, I don't really yell at the dog. I, I, I yell in the general direction of where the dog is standing. <laughs> All right, look, I'm, I'm done. I'm out of here. So with that, I hope you have a great rest of the week. I hope you have a great day. Hope everything goes well for you in training this week. I hope wish you a happy Thanksgiving. I know that's coming up. So be sure to stay safe during the holidays. If you're going Black Friday shopping, I pity you. 
train hard, stay safe out there, and until next time, I'm out. Open Gangnam Style. Gangnam Style. Open Gangnam Style.